0: Hey, welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm the automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and East Bay Times in Walnut Creek. And I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com. And my friend and colleague and the guy who knows a lot more about cars than I ever will is Bruce Aldrich. and we're in his backyard practicing still our safe distancing. Today we're going to have a little fun. We don't have a guest, but... I came across a story the other day, and it's just called 16 Ways Driving Has Changed in the Past 50 Years. It's on a website called Cheapism, which is a fun website to look at. And it dawned on me that in less than two months, I will be 66 years old, and that will put me at the 50-year mark of driving also. And you're cheap, so and it's I'm, perfect. <laughs> thank you, Bruce. That was a very good line. And Bruce is a little bit younger than I am. I won't say that he looks younger, but we look about oh. the same. And uh, he he'll be um, 65 upcoming, and but we both got our driver's permit I think when we were 15 and a half something like that. So we're close enough to both being driving for about half a century. And so I thought this would be a good time to look through the many changes in the automobile industry. I mean that's what the podcast is all about. And so there are some great things that I hadn't thought about. So. Bruce, we're going to take a look at this site and talk about things that have changed, and then also toward the end of the half hour, we'll talk about you know how we have changed as drivers, uh, things that have happened to us. And there's there's been a lot. We were talking about it before the podcast. We've done some stupid things. We've done some smart things. but we had a, a lot of interesting experiences. Dare I say? I'm probably maybe I shouldn't, but not only did you have experiences as a personal driver, you had experiences in a police car as a police officer you must have had some oh that's right yep so i have to i know you don't talk about it much but i'm going to probably ask you about that a little bit so on with the show as they say and so uh bruce um let's go down this list together and uh, you took some notes i didn't i'm looking at my smartphone and and the first one on this list of cheapism uh, is called shifting gears and uh of course we all know that The percentage of uh, cars that now have um, manual transmissions is about 3%. I happen to have one this week. Um, um, The Bullet Mustang a six-speed manual transmission. But, boy, uh, how many people do you know who don't know how to drive a shift car? And what has that meant, do you think, in terms of automobiles for the last 50 years? It's been incredible.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, everything was manual back in the day, right? Right. And they came out with lousy little... uh two-speed automatics. that's right i'd forgotten yeah but nobody was worried about uh fuel mileage so a little right. two-speed i guess worked wasn't the most efficient thing but it was there
0: yeah would you think about now if you were in the car market i don't think i'd i don't think i would lean toward buying a manual transmission car unless it was a car that i could afford on the weekend as a fun you know driving on country road car but with cvt I mean, it makes perfect sense to buy uh, an automatic transmission car, right?
1: Well, there's other transmissions that are better than that, but mm-hmm. yeah, I I have a f- uh, four-speed, the old bug, right? You know? and yes. When, every time I get in it, to me, it's a pain in the neck. Right. It's not. It's not fun. Yes. You know, if you have a car with a little more horsepower, like the Bullet Mustang you're talking about, I mean, that's kind of fun. But yeah. still, <clears throat> these new automatics are so so good.
0: Right. And so efficient. What now, other than the CVT, what do they call them? They're calling them other uh, proprietor names? Well, they names. have a, the, the dual clutch. Oh, yeah, dual clutch, yeah. That's the best, I guess. Yes.
1: And, but just the new ones are 9 and 10 speeds, a lot of them. Right. Chrysler products, Mercedes, so I've, that's I've the actually, way to
0: go. I've actually had an editor to ask me, James, you, you. I mean, we all make mistakes, but when the editor's good, uh, one editor will say, James, you said that this car has a, a 10-speed, and she said, I've never heard of that. And I said, well, it's getting more and more common. So in that case, I hadn't made a mistake, but it's good to have somebody who actually asks as opposed to just kind of going through. Um, I prefer to have the car shift itself. Yeah. These
1: new ones are so good. They are. They, they can hold gears if you put it in so-called manual. Mm-hmm. It'll hold a gear just like a like you want to do with your manual, a real manual transmission. Yes. And it's got paddle shifters.
0: About a month ago I was driving in San Francisco with my mom and sis and uh, I was in a car with an automatic transmission and I thought about, boy, to drive some of the hills in San Francisco in a manual transmission car where the car behind you is not giving you more than a foot, I think I would I think I would fall back a little bit. Well,
1: you used to use a handbrake. Right. Well, yeah. There's not many handbrakes. <laughs> not many anymore, handbrakes so you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna work a foot <laughs> No mechanical brake and you're not got a
0: little push button no. it's not gonna work yeah so that the automatic transmission um what 90 percent of all cars 98 percent, something like that of all cars yeah. are, are automatic so that's that's that um the number two on the list of course is probably the biggest i think was the traffic increased traffic and uh it said uh, i'll just read a little bit it said from 1980 to 2000 um the U.S. numbers grew at a rate of 1.2 cars for every one person. Uh, last year, the economic toll of $350 billion nationwide, up $10 billion from the previous year. So we have something like between 17 and 18 million new cars are sold every year. It's a, it's almost unfathomable how many cars there are on the road sometimes. Um, well, one thing I noticed during <clears throat> the COVID, yeah. er, early March in... Uh
1: and later, after March, April, May, when mm-hmm. nobody was on the road, right? I thought to myself, "This is like the old days." Thank you.
0: You're right. It was you like could the...
1: just drive and get where you want to go at a good speed. It was wonderful. Yeah, it's coming back now. Yeah, but it's still better than it was. But wow, it's yeah. just it makes it because I'm. This is in uh, Sacramento. Right where I grew up. So I'm in the same streets I've been driving for 50 years. Yes, And they used to be two lane streets back in the day. And then they went to four lane. And yes. it's obviously with the traffic, it's it's terrible to get
0: anywhere anymore around this town. So we, we, we both have routes that we take out of town regularly. You and your wife go to Truckee all the time. So you know that route and you see how that traffic fluctuates different times of the day during covid My example would be going to the Bay Area, going into the East Bay, Moraga, Rinda, Lafayette, Walnut Creek, and seeing how for a while it was, I could do it to my mom's house, which is 90 miles. I could do it in an hour 15, like clockwork. I knew when I was going to get to the the toll booths coming back, I knew where David, you could almost do it with your eyes closed. Now, then it got to be like an hour and a half, then it got to be 145. On the weekends, it was almost two hours because of the various bottlenecks and now it's back to like 120 I mean, even with people driving more in recent months but we... there's
1: known bottlenecks and yeah. then there's <clears> you throat> know throat> no. the highway uh transportation whatever whatever uh whatever your state is you yes. know they're closing down lanes or fixing broken roads or caltrans somebody caltrans in yeah. california yeah um or there's somebody gets in a wreck and they close
0: down a lane or two and then everything goes to goes to poop yeah i think twice now well twice with fires and once with a major accident you know it, the traffic was going pretty good and i had gone past the west sacramento slowdown i, I remember you told me a story that you and aline were going to go somewhere and you stopped because tra- you're going to go to where were you you're go going to go to the bay, area. the bay area and it got so crowded that you said we will never make it on time and you and i did that once we were going to go check out a new phone company i think they had invited us to some luncheon and we got down the road and we said, we're just not going to make it. And we didn't. We turned back. But um, so twice, we've had a lot of fires. Twice I was driving through the Vacaville Davis area and actually drove through. The highway was the only place where there wasn't. A, there were fires on both sides. And the other time was a major accident that stopped me. But I know exactly you have to always kind of leave an extra 15, 20 minutes um just in case something happens
1: well things are a little different in that regard too as far as what the authorities do you know if there's a little bit of smoke blown across the freeway they shut it down now right same thing up in the mountains i've noticed over the last 12 years going up to lake tahoe Mm -hmm. on a regular basis skiing and i'm there you know up and down almost every weekend yeah and they closed the freeway in the last two three years they closed the freeway down if there's a snowflake on the ground <laughs> yeah almost yes i mean they used to never close that yeah, freeway you're wind. on
0: kind of on your own now right.
1: it's a, a snowflake somewhere within 20 miles and it's closed
0: yeah I, I do remember you i mean you have a subaru so you have the benefit of not having to put chains on by and large right, right. you don't have to but i can remember a couple of times being in my volkswagen where i got lucky or oh, carmen guia and volkswagen where you got you were the first person behind the the snow machine that was cleaning the road, and you could consider yourself lucky because the car—that was a good thing. That yeah. was a good thing, and that was a long, long time ago. But I guess you can't even get close to that now, right? They close it down. Or well, can, you
1: can follow the snowplow now, but you don't want to. You don't want you, they to. They throw gravel all
0: over, and you right. That's what you do—is you pass them in that Subaru. Yeah, I was in that five hundred dollar Volkswagen, so it wasn't much of an issue. Speaking of Volkswagens, yeah. back
1: in the day, I have a fifty nine yeah. that, that since new. Um. My dad bought it, actually. I didn't buy it Yeah, 59. I'm not that old. Um, Anyway, at the time, VWs were quite good in traction in the snow. They were uh, really a good car. If you put a sandbag in the front trunk, right, to get a little bit more... Well, it's just the rear-wheel drive, so the weight was over the drive wheels. So that was a good thing. And uh, and they were lightweight. Yeah. But, boy, I take that uh, VW out now in the snow. It is like... uh, really scary that's how much that's how good cars are now with uh slip slip control slip yes traction control four-wheel drive anti-lock brakes it makes that so-called good vw look look dangerous i don't know how you could drive an old
0: regular 64 falcon now with four no. wheel drive you'd be all over the road i was kind of smirking because I've i've watched those videos where somebody's in an apartment let's just say it's in new york and they're watching, um, cars at a four-way intersection, and people are putting on their brakes, and they watch the series of people skidding, there's no fires, or people aren't, but it's, it's dangerous, but not seriously dangerous, people are skidding off the road at two miles an hour, and they're, they're kind of, in the videos, they're, people are kind of enjoying watching the danger, you know, have you you seen those videos? Wow, that's (laughs) like
1: Minnesota or something, ice, ice, ice. we don't have that out here, thank goodness. Black
0: ice, or, yeah, but, um, yeah, the the uh, the traffic is a whole nother. I mean, you could spend hours on traffic, and and that goes to road rage, right? Goes to road rage. Whoever heard of that? <coughs> Twenty years ago, road rage, and I, I think it's gotten worse uh, by people. Uh, Everybody's mad. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> You're mad. Stuck
1: in a traffic jam.
0: Whether it's politics or whether it's young people watching uh, video game boards, I I'm, I'm I've got to find somebody who agrees with me that young people are driving like they're playing video machines, and I've had that theory for a long time. I've got to. Some, some uh, psychologist is going to agree with me somewhere, I think, if I can find somebody. But anyway, that's my theory. Um, number three is the crackdown on drunk driving. And this is pretty interesting. Uh, New York became the first jurisdiction to enact laws against drunk driving in 1910. For decades afterward, it was considered um, dismissible folk crime, and its legal penalties were rarely enforced until 1972. So... That's about well, forty-eight years ago, right? So now it's a it's a big deal, and there's Mothers for Drunk Driving. There's all kinds of rules and laws have changed. What are we point it eight? was or point Mothers eight?
1: Against Drunk Driving? I think that was
0: yeah. That brought awareness. For that, it was always
1: funny, right? The guy to, the yeah. drunk that steps yeah. out of the car, or or is the drunk at the bar and gets
0: into the car. Yes, we yeah. never thought twice. Right, um, but now, um, what are we? Are we point eight in California? Uh, or 0.08. 0.08. Yeah. Um, they want to drop
1: that too. They want to here? drop
0: that, and
1: I mean, when we say drop, make
0: it a, a lower threshold. A lower threshold, and if I understand correctly, you could be half of that. You could be 0.04 and be involved in an accident, and they can say that it was a contributing factor to it, even though you weren't. Oh yeah, they'll always put
1: contributing. Yeah. yeah,
0: contributing. So you could be with your insurance company, or whatever. You could still be in trouble if you had a glass of wine or one beer right so yep it's that it's it's i mean it's all for the good of it but it's sure a far well the young kids
1: it's like a zero tolerance right right
0: new that's, drivers new drivers it's zero uh, or if you're real tiny i mean your wife's petite my wife's not quite as petite but pretty small an average person and a glass of wine and I, <laughs> pays to be big doesn't it, it pays to be you big. can you have a you second can cocktail Yeah, have a second cocktail that's right uh here and i just we talked about mothers against drunk driving here it is in the same reference that they they were the the big influence there okay um the focus on fuel efficiency uh before the 1973 oil crisis gas prices had lagged well behind the nation's overall rate for inflation and large fuel guzzling autos were very popular so you take it from there sure they were i remember (laughs) yeah um Getting gas at $0.25 a gallon. Wasn't that something?
1: Yeah. And then about the time I got my car, of course, the big old American V8. Yes. um, It shot up to like $0.50, and that was ridiculously priced. Right. But could you imagine, you know, that's doubling. So if it, if I don't know what the national average is right now, probably yeah. I don't know, say two fifty. Can you imagine it going to five bucks like overnight?
0: Maybe it did that
1: for that short, that, brief time. We, we that's went a up lot there. of that's a lot of scratch. But I, right. I wish it could go back to fifty cents. <laughs> Anyways, it was an embargo or something with the oil companies back yes. in nineteen seventy
0: three. I think it was that what was led it. to that. I worked for the city of Walnut Creek for a couple of summers, three maybe three summers, and. We were allowed to fill up our cars with, um, at the corporation yard when we left for the day or whatever it was. And uh, I think at that time I could f- fill up my Volkswagen Bug for about three bucks. Maybe it was 33 cents. It was three, three gallons for a dollar. I forgot what the old Bug gas tanks were. But, you know, if I had two or three bucks, it was, that was good. Was, you know
1: I was, do recall that yeah, yeah
0: whatever little change
1: in your pocket it was yes, worth it it was worth it Could go on up and fill up and I think they actually rationed it too not officially but they did they ran out often right back in
0: 73 the first one I think so yeah they, they, they maybe they put a sign and say if you're gonna fill up your if you're gonna fill up your personal car you know you can do it you can't do it on Fridays because usually, you know it had some reference on the cars or when you were kind of like
1: uh <clears throat> wearing masks now
0: or something yes. it was kind of voluntary but they did run out they did run out well the, and the next one i said the other one was more important i think probably this one is equally important to the the drunk driving uh enactment of those new laws is the um the end of the national speed limits uh and how that's changed people's driving habits i think it's you know off the charts we it was at 55 65 now in some states it's 80 Utah's is 80 i think or maybe 90 so that that's um the national limit was raised to 65 on rural interstates in 1987
1: can you imagine that it went <clears throat> from like 73 to 87 where it was 55 miles
0: an hour yeah i couldn't so like everybody was a scofflaw that's right when was the last time you went um north to south or south to north on interstate five and driven 65 miles an hour i, I you would get run over, right? You just go, you get pushed to the side. Of the, uh, it's still 70, though, isn't it? <clears throat> it's still, yeah, I guess it is 70, except in when you're in sections where there's some sort of exception to 70, right? Uh,
1: right, but I mean, that's the maximum. Yeah, I, we right. were just up in Idaho this summer, yeah.
0: and it's 85 in a lot of it's sections. It's 85, yeah. And
1: 85 in some of those sections feels like eight or five miles an hour. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that's right. Like,
0: there's yeah. just no traffic up there. No traffic. And, Lonely uh,
1: highways. Eighty-five. You just boy. It's sure nice to go that fast. It you is. Just, there's a smile on your face the whole time. Or like the. And of, you're not even a. You know, you're not even being a scofflaw. No. Eighty-five. You no, go, you're just, just being an old... Probably ninety, right? Go ninety and feel safe. Nobody's on your tail. Don't have to look for cops.
0: Yeah, my remember you, oh, Idaho is. You know, you guys drove, and I think a couple years ago, I went to Idaho um, to Utah, and you go on some of those roads and. I would just say I'm going to put it. I'm going to put cruise control at 90 and just go for it. And you wouldn't see somebody for an hour, night. You know, maybe. And if somebody did come upon you, it was kind of like Europe. They'd flash you early enough to know that they wanted to come by at 100. And they were being. You might think that they were being a jerk because they were flashing, you, but they were actually being courteous because they wanted to go 100 and you yeah, were only sure. going 90. So there's there's all that. Um, well, seatbelts. That's another. Um, Whole thing about seat belts. I mean, I had a lot of cars when we were growing up. There's no seat belts in the cars. Right?
1: Yeah, that '59 Bug I just mentioned <clears> that I have. Uh, my dad didn't put seat belts in it till I think about
0: '63. He put lap belts in. Yes, just in the front two seats. Just in the front two seats. The two buckets. I have a confession. I was actually pulled over once. I had a 1973 Mercedes-Benz 300 diesel. And stinky, clattery, noisy. And my, I don't know why I ever had that car, but it was fun while it lasted. And I was in midtown Sacramento somewhere, and I had the windows open, and a motorcycle policeman pulled up beside me and, and uh, looked over, and I nodded, and he, he pulled me over. He, he saw that I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, and I got a, I guess it's a fix a ticket, I got a warning for not wearing my seatbelt. What I was, year
1: was that? A 73- diesel but it wasn't in 73 no no no
0: it was this was this was uh must have been about 93 probably when i just about the time i met you know t- maybe 20 years ago something like that okay and i mean it had seatbelts, but that was the car i had at the time and and he just happened to look over at it and you know i got the i got the i guess it was a, he had to fix it in 30 days or something I don't. i forgot what the what the parameters of that were but i got a notice in the mail that i was required to Make sure that the seat belts were in working order. And um, I guess it was a check mark or something on a driver's license. I don't even remember what that was, but he, he pulled me over and told me about it. Remember what that was at all? What, what the damn, what would the. Damp, what the um... I, I, was, I was
1: just looking at what I looked up. They weren't uh, laws to wear them until at least 84. I'm not sure about California.
0: Yeah, so the car was '73, but this happened probably. So this
1: was after '84, then. Oh yeah, this was oh, okay.
0: Maybe in late '90s, um, our friend, our friend uh, Greg Soderlund, uh, our deceased friend, laughed at me for months because he was the only person he knew who had gotten pulled over for not wearing their seatbelt. <laughs> so anyway, that was a so seatbelts have been a good thing. Uh, Four wheel drive. let will scroll, uh, scroll through some of these. Cup holders, we talked about a little bit. How about the airbags a, is a big one, huh? No, cup holders. That's the most that's important the thing most in a car anymore. Yeah, well, right. until Apple CarPlay came in. Right. So what about airbags? What are some of your thoughts on airbags? Well, I guess
1: they're a good thing. They uh, they say they save a lot of lives. Let's see. I, I'm showing they saved 2,790 lives saved in 2017. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of lies. How much does that cost to to put airbags in every single car to save uh 3,000 people?
0: Well, if I'm one of them, I yeah, that's, that's, that's a good that's a good uh expense. Yeah, but, somebody uh, we know or, you know, yeah. or, that's a it's pretty good pretty good uh choice. Um and
1: frontal, just the front ones
0: are were it says
1: 98, most of them, the cars had uh frontal airbags. Right. Of course, now they have seven, eight, nine. Up is it like? We heard ten airbags because yeah. they have the side curtains, multiple front ones somewhere. How it's, many
0: does uh, Aline's? The Mercedes is up the forefront. They have a lot of uh, airbags in Mercedes. And eight? Does she have it's eight?
1: Probably eight, but yeah. I, I can't recall.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have uh GPS. That's a big thing. Uh, help helps. It's helped phenomenally and.
1: I like those. I use them all the
0: time. Oh, I think the next one or what they should have
1: is the head-up display where you yeah. can have the GPS data out there, you know, in your line of sight up on a windshield.
0: Don't tell too and many and people, Bruce. That's going to be your... I like head-up display. That's, you're you're going to... That's, that's, that's better than hydraulic brakes. That's right. If you were a young cat and you, and you still want to go after it, you could have that patent. You could be a bajillionaire. You could invent oh, that. Oh, should have done it. Yeah. Should have done it, Um well, I can also think about GPS, the time, on a personal note, the time that you and I went to uh, the Tour de France together. I remember we, that we've talked about this before. Stopping in Paris, I think we could admit that we were lost. Looking for the really, ended up being a really crappy place where we were staying for one night, and we left but we we, we're going around and around in right circles. and around everywhere. In circles.
1: Everywhere, you know, they're very poor markings over there, especially yeah. at night. And then you got a little road map. Little road map. Folded out, and you got to turn a flashlight on to see that while you're driving. And then, of course, the
0: driver can't see. Right. Reflection and then on the windshield. We. I don't know if it was you or if it was me. I think it was you that said, "Let's stop and ask somebody." And the guy had a GPS device, an early edition, on his wristwatch. And we thought he was Dick Tracy, of course, and he pointed us right to where we were going. It
1: worked perfect. We didn't even believe
0: it. Well, we, we didn't go, believe we'll, it. We'll, fall.
1: <laughs> we'll just do what he says, but I don't yeah, believe that the guy was
0: about you know, maybe eighteen, maybe yeah, something like joke. that.
1: We go GPS is the way to go.
0: Yeah, thought. Well, we we got to get this, but <clears throat> that brings to mind. I I went I went uh, to the Tour de France thirteen times, and ten of the times I did not have GPS in the cars. Actually, nine. Uh, uh, four times I had GPS. The first time I had, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to use it until about halfway through. I was stop, stopped somewhere, and there was this young guy from Oz, from Australia with these other journalists. And I just mentioned in passing, I have uh, I had a BMW, and um, I said it's got this GPS thing. And I said I don't know where to start. And the guys, I'll show you. So this now, once again, a young person who he was all of about twenty uh, showed me. And so maybe the last week or so, I was. Starting to experiment marginally with with a navigation system, and it was like, oh my gosh! And then and that gets into distracted driving, and you yeah, crashed. And you... then I crashed. And and one time I did follow the GPS, and it took me on this strange route. And I got to the end of the road, and what wasn't on the GPS was that I was going to go. Ha- I was going to go across a barge, and it was a little uh, little village, and the lights were on in the village, and people were eating out in these cafes, and it was real nice. And I get there. And I get in line and the guy comes out in broken English. He said, you know, the last barge was two hours ago and it closed at seven o'clock or something. So I had a backpedal backpedal. I had to drive three hours to go the other way. And so it was the first um, example of the GPS not being <laughs> as good as it could have been. Of course, and
1: they fix that
0: nowadays. They, too, fixed, modern they, ones. they fixed it on, on uh, you get updates and so on and so forth. But that was a Garmin. Uh, system because garmin was a sponsor and um i found out the next year of course that garmin was starting to do the upgrade the updates and you could buy a you could get a card or something and it would up if the roads had been updated that was the first i'd heard it oh they actually have updatable maps what a, what a concept that was you know? sure um so that was uh do you have any good experiences with or good or bad with uh navigation systems Mostly good, but they do yeah. they
1: do fail sometimes and of course the maps are always at least like two years old
0: even when they're so-called new I right. find they it takes a while to update them you and I have been in a lot of test cars and that's one of the things I kind of rely on you to because you're really good at you know you like to fiddle with the, with the functions and the and the, nav, and the nav systems and you show me things that I wouldn't have seen and we've a just, good system. Is really very
1: fun and good and a joy to use, and there's still. It it amazes me still that we see that look like they're six year old systems in brand new cars, right? And they are frustrating. Yeah,
0: and sometimes um, the bad systems or the less are are in some of the more expensive cars. It doesn't doesn't seem to have anything to do with how much you paid for the car. Right. I still think the best systems I've ever driven are are in Hyundai's the santa fe and all the other uh, sure. i think they're all garments and they all the screens are great and so on and so forth but that's a topic for some other that's, time yeah
1: you're right that's a whole other topic but that's one thing that that should be test driven is the nav screens
0: yeah it seems it could take you it could it could be they could promote how good it is and it could be garbage and it would be it's more it's going to frustrate you with that car the long as you have it right um a couple of other quick things phone charging uh, instead of cigarette lighters, <laughs> I mean, they, some cars still have them and p- your people are charging their phones or doing other things. Maybe their generator, I don't know what they're doing, but they're not smoking cigarettes as much. Cigarette. I don't, you
1: don't, yeah, I think you have to actually buy a, uh, the little cigarette heater portion if you want to use that, don't you? I don't know. I, don't I know, know they have the holes. Yeah. Whatever that, the charge, the port the, yeah. for a cigarette lighter, but right. I
0: don't think they even come with cigarette lighters in them anymore. I think that I've right. seen. No, I don't think I've, I've had, we've had a car that, that's been that at all. So um, it said um, cigarette lighter receptacles uh, were in cars since the 1920s, but it wasn't until recently that the socket became more commonly used as a standard DC connector for chargers and appliances. Many cars now come with multiple sockets, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, that's, that's another thing. And Bluetooth?
1: Who ever heard of yeah, that? Bluetooth. Well, of course, you didn't have uh, cellular phones anyway back then. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, there's qu- there's qu- a few more here. Texting, uh, harsher driving restrictions for teenage drivers, uh, lengthening commute times, the influ- influence of smart cars, uh, uh, distracted driving that w- would go toward um, technology. There's way too many gadgets in cars, I think, but some people love it. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, the equipment,
1: the the actual cars are so much better. They insulate you from your surroundings. It's not like you're not even in a car. They just almost dry themselves. They're so easy. Yes, They're smooth. They're quiet. You don't get any perception of speed or your braking is so good on these modern cars. Back yes. in the day, you had to think about it. Oh, there's a red light. I better start braking or Very let off point, the gas. Very good point, Very good, yeah. You don't need to do that anymore. Although. They corner better. They accelerate better. It's just, back want, in the day, if, you had to be 100% into your car and driving. That's right. And most of them did have manual transmissions. You had to be shifting them.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, you had to be a driver. You had to. You had to drive. It. You concentrate, did, yeah. yeah. The, I guess. The benefits outweigh the negatives, but I I still think when you're in a parking lot or you're on the open road and you hear a bell or a whistle and you think, what have I done wrong? And you haven't done anything wrong. So sometimes the sensitivity... Um, oh, the modern sensors. You, yeah.
1: Like you're talking about blind spot monitors yeah. Yeah. and or backup monitors, all what of that. have you.
0: Oh, some Some of it is... Well, I think it's been a few years since I read the stat that said modern cars... Have about sixty technology features, and most people use a third of them at the most. So,
1: well, that's why I like, uh, especially I th- it's Cadillac that most of their their uh, hazard warnings are vibrations in the seat. I like that. Yeah. So when I, if I do something, <laughs> I can feel it, but I don't have to have everybody in the car know that. Hey, what's you know? You almost hit there.
0: Right. Remember a few years ago, it just comes to mind, we, we drove to the LA Auto Show, and I think it was in a Rogue, and it was the first car I had been in. I think you were driving where we were adjusting. If we'd stop for coffee or go to the bathroom, whatever, we, we'd adjust the distance when it would have the adaptable braking. Remember that? That was cool to see oh, the yeah, first time. Oh, you're talking one. about the uh, yeah, adaptive uh, cruise
1: control. Yeah, yeah. It
0: had the has the radar. To... Sixty feet, seventy feet, eighty feet, whatever right, it was. Yeah. That was and interesting. And that was we thought, man, that was that was quite something. And that was cool. Yeah. And it still is. Still, actually, it still is but, pretty yeah. cool. Um, well, uh, in in the few minutes that we have, uh, I thought we would discuss, you know, fifty years of driving, uh, from from a personal uh, point of view and. crashes and tickets crashes and tickets and uh you know smart things we've done in cars and some foolish things so i think i counted up three tickets that i've had and two times being pulled over when i didn't get a ticket and i didn't deserve a ticket but i was pulled over thinking i was going to get one and didn't get one and one maybe three times now one time i did something wrong and um it was in monterey and i made a um I went straight and instead of going the left-hand turn lane in downtown Monterey, the police pulled us over. I was with my wife and, um, they just talked us through and we said, we know this is a, a difficult corner, but, um, you know, they checked us out to see if I was drinking or whatever, or for whatever it was. And they just said, um, be careful and don't do it again and have a nice night. And, uh, so that was the most recent one. And I didn't have my, I had changed shirts, um, and I had left my driver's license in the other shirt. And so I didn't have a driver's license and I had made uh, an illegal turn and they still let us go. They just must've looked like that's Huckleberry Finn and his wife. So they let us go. And it was, you know, so I got lucky that time, but three tickets and I guess three times being pulled over and in, in 50 years of driving. So what about yourself? I'm similar. I'm, yeah.
1: I was a good boy like you, I guess. Uh, two tickets. One was a red light. Yeah. One of them newfangled uh, electronic things. Yes. That doesn't even... That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. That was wrong. Yeah. The other one was, yeah, going straight out of a turn lane only. mm
0: hmm Whoopee doo big deal. If he got stopped now, um, if I got stopped now at 65 years old, I'd still think I would be in that... I don't know what you how you describe it. You get those butterflies or you get nervous or I would be... Um, you run from them, don't you? Yeah, you just run. You can't, you, you, you can't I, trust them anymore. Yeah, everything that you're doing wrong and all the, the being part of a drug cartel, you hope that they don't look in the trunk and all that stuff. But I think, having not been pulled over in a long time, I think it would still be a little... I'd be a little anxious about what the hell's going to go on and who who is the guy who's stopping me or who's the woman who's stopping me for that matter. Sure, everybody's uh, going to be a little bit nervous. Nervous? Yeah. Who wouldn't be? Yeah, who wouldn't be? And actually, the cops, the, the I should say the police officers, are nervous now too because things are happening on the other side of it where the drivers are are bad people and they and they do stupid things when the police approach them. <laughs> everybody's bad person. Everybody, huh? everybody's bad. But. Um, so I guess hopefully ne- neither one of us will have that situation where you get pulled over again for either you done, have done something wrong or haven't. But um, other I, than that... I had two crashes. Two crashes, okay. Very minor. Both of them were at college campus. One
1: was just outside the campus making yeah. a left turn. So Is Chico and, State? No. No, this was Sac State. Oh, Sac State, okay. And uh, I thought everybody got the green light and only the straight lane went green, and I proceeded. Well, the left-turn bay that I was in was still red, so I hit the car in front of me. Ah, okay. No big deal. And then the other one was on campus. It's always a nightmare trying to find a parking space. Absolutely. So I saw one. I went backing up down the
0: aisles (laughs) to get it, and I hit a car. Oh, boy. Okay, so that's about it. That's it. So we had we were doing a little confessionals today. Mm -hmm. Um, But we were also talking about... um, I was thinking about this the other day, and you've mentioned it several times that in our 60s, I think from the time you get your license to the time you drive for 50 years, I think that many people, I don't know if it's most, but I would say many people consider themselves good drivers. Everybody's the best. Everybody's a good driver. And um, how many people are actually really good drivers? I would say less than 50%. I'm just guessing numbers. But as we get older, um, I guess we have to come around to the fact, that, and I think it's a good thing, that reaction times are slower. We can't move our necks to the right or to the left to see things that may or may not be there. And Yeah, I was just telling you, yeah, James, that yeah. I, I find
1: I get caught by those electronic uh, nannies on the new cars, the, yes. in, in particular the blind spot monitors. that uh, I hadn't seen the car there, and I'll hit that thing and... There's a car there. There's so. a car there. But I think part of that, because the car I drive doesn't have those electronic features. Yes. And I haven't hit a
0: car <laughs> yes.
1: yet. So you definitely do rely on those mm-hmm. new features. Yes.
0: The, the, so is... is that
1: good or bad? I don't know. But I am more careless when I have all those electronic features.
0: Do you, whether it's a test car that I have or it's a uh, lean's it's, uh, car or your car um Subaru Outback or uh, Mercedes Benz SUV I forgot the, the correct right. yeah that's yeah. those are the two cars the two cars um, it took me a while to come around to relying on the rear, rear view camera and now I don't think about it I just use it but for a my year car or doesn't so, my car doesn't
1: have one your so I have still
0: one. don't when I get in a car with yeah. a rear view camera I still don't rely on it still don't rely on it because I don't practice with you it you don't enough. practice I think I've kind of come around to that it's a good thing that, oh i love it yeah i just don't trust it because yeah. i don't use it you enough. don't use it enough um so all of that said i think you know we have to come around to the fact that even though we think we're with 50 years of driving we've seen everything and done everything that that we're not the driver we probably once were 15 years ago or 10 years ago and for me it's also we didn't discuss night vision and night i'm hesitant now to go to the bay area and come home at nine ten o'clock at night um Vision vision is a problem. Vision is a problem.
1: Although I think of how the headlights have improved over the years, too. It's just amazing how much... I wouldn't be driving right now if I was still driving that 59 Bug, which is like a couple of candles. (laughs) That's right. You can barely
0: see over the front fenders. We don't really have too fog anymore because of all the buildings in Davis and Vacaville area, right? So I can remember coming from the Bay Area, even when I was younger, in my 40s, and Coming back to Sacramento and saying, "Boy, I hope I see some tail lights I can follow because it was so bad." And you don't think about it now, but partly because the lights are so much better, and partly because we don't have the the Tule fog. But driving at night, um, when there is fog in some other part of the country, let you add rain into it. That's yeah, uh, rain and wind. We have you know Fairfield's always windy, and um, it's 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 a more problematic now than it was. Twenty years ago, I oh, think, yeah. or maybe ten, even ten years ago.
1: Well, just wait till
0: autonomous cars come out. Oh, man. <laughs> that's going to keep me going. Yeah, hopefully. Um, well, that's a that's a good half hour, Bruce. I think maybe we even went a little long today, but um, I want to thank everybody for listening. I was going to also mention that you know we're three years into our podcast now, and we've got um, 155, 156 episodes, and all of the episodes are archived on my website, theweeklydriver.com, and we've interviewed some really interesting folks through the years. But also to mention that our podcast is available on all the major podcast platforms, including most recently we're now on Amazon's um, podcast format, and we're also on Alexa. So uh, those are pretty two pretty well-known platforms that you can go you in. You don't and, have to do anything. All I have you, to say yeah. Alexa, play yeah. the Weekly Driver Play podcast. the Weekly Driver and, of course, the other ones, um, what is it, Apple? Uh, Apple it's and not even iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts, I guess, and st- a Stitcher, and uh, iHeartRadio. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, yeah. I I all the other, forgetting one or two now, but we're out there. And uh, so if you're into podcasts or if you're into Alexa or Amazon, um, have a listen and uh, send us a comment. And uh, thanks for joining us today on the Weekly Driver Podcast. See you, everybody. See ya.